Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, Shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Hi, listeners. If you're a long-time listener, you will know that Catherine and I are currently working on Season 4. And whilst we're working on that, we will be dropping bonus episodes, including listener questions, which you can send to us via Instagram at Stop the Killing Stories, Or if you're a Patreon member, you can use the Discord page or the patreon.com forward slash Stop the Killing page. We will endeavour to answer them all. And now... As I go to record this, I am currently on holiday in New Zealand enjoying a classic Kiwi summer and catching up with my family after a long overdue time with COVID locking me in the UK. So this week's bonus episode is an interview that I recorded at the end of last year with Ken Bater from Public Safety Radio Talk, discussing what I've learned from working with Catherine on Stop the Killing. And if you've been listening since season one, you'll possibly be able to relate to the learning journey that I've been on since our very first episode on Sandy Hook. So with that, on to today's episode. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have an infinitely fun guest. I went across the so-called pond uh, to find this guest, and she is what I would call a podcasting superhero um, with at least three true crime podcasts that I know of that are awesome. Her name is Sarah Ferris, and she is the host and producer of Clueless the Long Con, Stop the Killing, uh, Conning the Con, and also a non-true crime podcast which I have an affinity for, called The Guilty Greenie, which maybe we'll get to, maybe we won't, we'll see. But Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, that was such a warm welcome. Very nice to be here. I try, I try. You know, I try to welcome my guests. I don't like to make them feel, you know, like they're already on the spot. You know, you would know about that doing like, what, you know, 72 podcasts? Or what? what is it that oh, you're I know, I swear to god i think i might need a podcast intervention i've got another one grueling in me at the moment as well so it's just finding the time to do them but whenever there's a good story just gotta gotta get there you gotta grab it well speaking of speaking of good stories yeah i had the the pleasure of listening to at least you know three of your podcasts you're a super fan (laughs) (laughs) if you've listened to all three of them that is Super fan status. <laughs> well, committed. Well, I love it. Thanks. Thanks pod- very much. 
<laughs> podcast magazine makes me listen to a lot of podcasts. Go figure. <laughs> so forced to. Yeah, <laughs> but most, if not all of them are good. But yeah, I covered, I had the opportunity to cover Clueless, the long con, um, and I'm really interested in Stop the Killing. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the questions in you doing a number of true crime podcasts, you know, have you learned anything about crime prevention? Have you learned anything about staying away from con men or staying out of active shooter situations? What have you learned? I've learned so much. And I think that's the actual reason that I started the podcasts in the first place. Because, I mean, if if we go back to the beginning of why I did the very first podcast, which was Con in the Con, it was mm-hmm. because my little sister had uh, found herself swiping right on a serial con man. And just unpacking that, because in all of my 40-odd years, <clears throat> um, I hadn't come across a con man or been really involved in any real crime so for me general public number one um it was very much a how does this happen how does my intelligent sister um become the victim of of a con and that's exactly what we unpick in all of the podcasts they've all got a purpose and it is basically me just trying to protect myself so I don't get conned or in the case of stop the killing it's really coming at it from uh that community perspective of and I'm a mum you know how can we be safe we've got a responsibility as as members of the community but I don't know what I'm doing and I'm very very lucky that my co-host on that is is one of the world experts in preventing mass shooting so yeah it's all about learning I can't even tell you the number of things that I've learned but um, I'm sure you're going to make me think of some. Well, we have time, so you know. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? We'll we'll circle we'll circle back to that possibly. Yeah, mm. I always you know I've I've never been to to the United Kingdom. I always think that you know everybody's so polite over here. You know, even with crime. You know, here you know they say give me your effing money. You know, over there I'm thinking they're probably saying cheerio. I'm taking your money today. Is that what it's like? <laughs> Generally, the people that are saying cheerio. Um, I'm getting their money taken from them, I would suggest, Ken. <laughs> no, um, and I'm not going to do a really bad impersonation of anyone um, over here because I will, it'll be a career limiting accent, that, accent, that's for sure. But um, yeah, no, generally, it's a lovely place to live, let's just say. I mean, I'm originally from New Zealand. So again, love places to live. Exactly. Exactly. I've never been to New, New Zealand either. I would think that uh, <laughs> crime would be polite there too. Uh, hashtag sarcasm there. But let's let's dig a little bit more. The main topic that I really <laughs> want to cover for our audience um, is is your work on the Stop the Killing podcast because I know our law enforcement mm. listeners would love nothing more than to prevent you know more mass shootings going forward if they could press a button and not have any mass shootings um that would be you know perfect for them so talk to me a little bit more about stop the killing as well as you know your expert podcast host with you Catherine Schweit um what are some of the suggestions to prevent mass shootings before they even happen yeah, well, um, to go back to who my co-podcaster is, um, Catherine Schweit is the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And 
after the Sandy Hook school massacre in 2012, she was tasked by uh, the White House to put together the first ever research into mass shootings and, you know, whether or not they were actually increasing or was it just media hype? Um, So she put together this uh, study that was, you know, I think it was 160 active shooter cases, broke it down and really that's her... I mean, that is her jam. She knows that mm-hmm. stuff inside and out. She really is an expert in it. Now, I came to that party as a outsider to the US, looking in, um, having met Catherine by stalking her on Twitter and having some conversations <laughs> and saying, listen, can we have a conversation about, you know, what the hell is going on in America? You know, is the solution just get rid of the bloody guns? Because that's what everyone outside America is thinking. Three seasons in. I'm now a lot brighter. Uh, I've come along a long way on my understanding of how complicated mm. that you know solution is, and it really what I've come away with learning from Catherine is it's really a uh, a lot of puzzle pieces that mm. will help in preventing uh, mass shooting. So it's not just one simple thing, but definitely um and we are very much just give you the facts on the podcast mm-hmm. we're not political um we come at it with you know trying to answer those big questions are all guns bad we have episodes on that we look at the research uh is it mental health is it mental illness are all mass shooters you know kids sitting in a basement we look at the research that she's done and try and break that down and just come up with helpful ways that we can be the eyes and ears to watch and see a person that might be on a pathway to violence. And that's the real key because mm-hmm. there are, what I have learned is there's there's points along the way before the trigger is in the hands of these horrific, you know, humans that are intent on doing evil, um, that we can as a community spot them, see the leakage, spot the signs of of telegraphing that information. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the key things that I've learned. Yeah, it's great comments there. I truly believe that you stalked Catherine Schweit uh, because she went to the best university in the world, DePaul, (laughs) out of Chicago. Mm, well, does she go to DePaul or she teaches at DePaul? I don't know that she went to DePaul. Oh, if she, if, she, if she has a degree there or teaches there, if she has a direct connection to <laughs> DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois, you know, she's she's got to be, you know, one of the top level thinkers. Well, I'm really sensing some bias here. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Are you going to break out into one of those American things where you go, go greens or something like that? <laughs> go blue American demons. Let's, let's, let's see if I could find my two degrees from there somewhere in the closet that I haven't put up on a wall yet. Um, but getting back in a serious <laughs> mode where, where I don't like to stay too, too often, um, Oh, here, neither do I. <laughs> being being in America, um, in you know, being you know an American, living here all my life, you know, there's kind of two sides of that story. There's the anti-gun folks, and then there's the the mentally ill. We need to cre- create some solutions to that. Um, it's my estimation that I think, in my opinion that the laws that are out there are there to protect the mentally ill more so than the folks that may be the victims of this mental illness. We can go into evil and so forth. But yeah, as you mentioned, there are clear signs. And I think we're starting to to pick up on that. 
you know, what you know, from your podcast, Stop the Killing, you know, in the data, you know, what are some of those signs, some of those steps that you you see out there looking back at some of the past mass shootings? And what are some of the things that we can learn from that to try and prevent those? I mean, there's so many little, you know, you go back to any story uh, of a mass shooting and there's always the neighbor, as Catherine would say, that says, oh, he was a bit hinky, he was a bit off. There's always just something that's always after the fact. And I think the real hurdle in getting those pieces of information to law enforcement is that people only get a tiny piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And in isolation, you might not be the one that picks up the phone because, mm, you know, that guy's just looked at me a bit sideways or he's, you know, I saw him looking at a gun website over his shoulder at university or what, you know. All those little pieces of information don't make sense as a whole. But, um, you know, and there's one example that was in our very first episode we did on the Sandy Hook massacre and mm. Catherine gave me a little test at the end of the of the bit we do on like Did you pass? Profile. We never use the shooters in ours. Uh, sorry? Did you pass Did the I test? Pass? No, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Um, but, well, no, I'm and I'll show you how badly I failed, Ken, actually, because the <laughs> test was, would I have reported anything that she yeah. had talked about? And I said, well, no, I don't think I would have. And she goes, well, one of the examples that she'd given to me was the neighbor had seen that um, the next, the, the shooter's bedroom had been like the window had been covered with paper or mm -hmm. darkened for several months before the shooting. And she said, Well, would you not have thought to report that? And I, was, I said, No, Catherine, actually, I wouldn't have thought to report that because. You know, that's my neighbor. It's just one thing. I did, wouldn't think it was my place. But what I've learned along the way is that that is above my pay grade to know whether or not that is a useful piece of information. If I can get that piece of information to the police, it might be the last piece of the puzzle that mm. they need to just go knock on the door of a welfare check. And, you know, most of the time, these people aren't necessarily going to be mass shooters. It might be somebody that's like signaling some suicide and, you know, ideation yeah. or something along those lines. So it's just about looking out and being caring for people around you. Um, and I do think that's the biggest barrier is to feel the confidence to report to the right people. And that uh, that's something we bang home every week on the podcast. Yeah, that is an excellent point in one that aligns well with something that I've heard from several people in law enforcement, whether it be FBI, local police, sheriffs, whatever. Um, and it goes along with that, you know, whole theme of see something, say something. And you know, even even yeah. on a base level, I've I've been at some community meetings led by police commanders. And they've always said, you know, that, you know, people after the fact say, well, you know, I thought something was weird, but, you know, either either a out of politeness or apathy or what have you, they didn't report it. And I remember one police commander saying, you know, if, if you really, really just instinctually feel that something is a little off, you have my permission to call 911, even if you don't think it's yeah. a, an emergency. And he said, you know, if it's, it's our job to ascertain the level of a threat. 
Yeah, if if That's you right. call if you call us and you find a suspect and you find something suspicious and we go and we find everything's okay, we're not going to be upset. We're going to be happy. We're doing our job. Not everything's okay. Okay, it's all in a day's work. But nothing is more frustrating than a family coming back from a vacation, having their complete house basically ransacked with everything of value taken out, and them talking to a neighbor's like, yeah, you know, I saw this guy I never saw before walking with John's big screen TV out to a van, and I thought that was strange, but, you know, I really didn't think much of it afterwards. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it? Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. You know, there there's a lot of talk here in the U.S. And, you know, obviously you have the anti-gun folks, which I am not a part of, um, my opinion, my choice. Uh, I think that, you know, we need to have some better laws to protect the taxpaying citizens here. But that's a whole different discussion. Um, but, you know, and I do realize that, you know, the mentally ill, you know, everybody has rights. We don't want to take those rights away. You know, we, we walk a slippery slope when we start doing that. But, you know, there are, you know, basic, whether you want to call them laws or actions that we could use to our advantage. And, you know, you said it perfectly, that welfare check. Yeah, that that is something that we could use. And you don't know, you know, maybe you know, you see somebody with blacked out windows all of a sudden. You know, maybe maybe that is truly nothing, but maybe there's been five, six, seven different reports on this person. 
And that's the last piece where it says, okay, well, somebody's called this in. We can do a welfare check. We have it within our rights. We can't just basically, you know, knock on any door that we want, but we have we we have a reasonable cause to go and knock on this door. Um, and that may yeah. be that sixth piece of the puzzle that we say, all right, yeah, th- there's something here. And I think one of the other hesitations that people have is that when they report or they have a piece of information, is where do you report that to? And that confidence that it's actually going to go somewhere uh, and trusting that law enforcement is going to take that piece of information and act on it. And one of the things that we've discussed several times on our on, on Stop the Killing is that, you know, the FBI tip line is international and they have a process that it will get back to the, to the local office wherever. It will get passed on. There are processes in place if you don't want to go to your local law enforcement. But, you know, don't just go to one place if you feel mm-hmm. like you've got something. You can go to your if it's a school that you know if it's a student, go to the school, go to your local pastor, your local church, your local mosque, your local wherever that this person is connected to, and give that information to as many people as you can. You don't have to just trust one tip line if that's your issue, but don't hold on to it. Right. Right. Yeah. As as we begin to close up a little bit here, you know, the last obvious question is you know, a tip or two on crime convention. And, you know, I think the number one tip is follow your instincts. Um, you know, in fact, yeah, this is a little bit of a preview to the next episode. I had the pleasure of speaking to uh, a couple of crime prevention experts from the Seattle Police Department. And that was kind of their number one tip is, you know, trust your instincts. If you feel something's off, if you feel something's a little bit wrong, you know, trust that that may be the case and act accordingly. It doesn't necessarily mean that you you need to grab, you know, a full on sword, uh, but maybe Maybe that means that you need to call somebody. Maybe that means you need to cross the street. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think along the way, you know, and then we get into those conversations, like you say, about the guns, 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 and then the mental health. And, you know, we've just recently done a really excellent episode that just solidifies all of the research on the correlation between mental illness and these mass shootings and what the research tells it's actually quite shocking that um, it, it's really it's really not impactful. Four percent. I don't want to say the numbers because I know I'll get them wrong. But if you go back <laughs> and listen to that episode, that is really full of great numbers that Catherine gives you. Um, but the, the point is that something along the lines of four percent of those mass shootings um, have been diagnosed with a mental illness. Yeah. So you know, ninety six percent aren't. And how can we? bring that number down the 96 percent and i think that's all those pieces of the puzzle like you know just slowing making sure that we put some hurdles in place Mm -hmm. so that if somebody is intent on getting to the end game which is a mass shooting of some description they've got to jump some hurdles to get there and some of them will trip on the way and they won't get to the end game yeah and if we can put as many hurdles in the way as possible then i think I mean, who am I to say? I've got no experience in this, but logic would suggest that not everybody will get to the end. Well, you're at least in in hosting or co-hosting Stop the Killing and you work with that. You're at least a junior expert by now. <laughs> I, I don't listen. 
Um, I'm not as dumb as I used to be. That's where we'll go with that one. <laughs> you were you were never dumb, Sarah. <laughs> maybe maybe you were naive at times, like we all are, <laughs> but you were scared. never dumb. There's a difference. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting question. I'll you know, I that. think. <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, think that, you know, mass shootings or mass killings, if you will, because sometimes people don't need just a gun to be able to do that, yeah, is is an American problem. Yeah, in your research, in your work on the podcast, you know, you know, do you see it in the UK? Do you see it in in you know Saudi Arabia? Do you see it in these other countries? And and does it take a different slant, or is it just still somebody you know killing a mass group of people just in a different country? Well, it's so funny that you, well, nothing funny about that, but it's interesting <laughs> that you say that yeah. because on we do cover global uh, mass shooting or, as you say, mass killing incidents on the podcast. Mm. So, for example, in season three, we've got the Dunblane massacre in Scotland. For example, we've covered two from New Zealand, which is the grand total of all mass shootings in New Zealand. To be fair, mm. but um, the point is that. Really, in the last since the the whole social media has burst onto the scene, what we've what we've found, um, and when I say we, I mean <laughs> the FBI, not me. But yeah. what Catherine has found is that the border it's hatred without borders now, because mm-hmm. the access to the internet is the Christchurch shooting in New Zealand, for example inspired the buffalo shooting in new york you know um is it buffalo new york i hope yep, i got bu- that yep. right no you yeah. got it buffalo new york yeah thank you so yeah like things like that so the christchurch shootings influencing the buffalo shooting the buffalo shootings influencing you know a shooting elsewhere over the, across the pond somewhere else and it's all just bouncing around the world it's honestly hatred without borders and it is not any longer a us contagion yeah. it's very much a global contagion which is tragic yeah yeah it is and and you know i think we'll we'll kind of close unless you know here's a here's a very good question other than the obvious which we've already talked about is that instinct if you see something report something is is there a number one another number one tip or maybe a number two tip on what we should be looking for to lower the number of mass shootings or the probability of mass shootings, whether it be here in the US or beyond? I probably would say that's definitely more Catherine's remit. But one thing I would say is that if you ever do find yourself in that, make sure that you know run, hide, fight. Yeah. That's the next step. You know, we can do everything to prevent it. But in that moment, if you're not prepared, then you set yourself up for disaster. So make yourself aware of run, hide, fight. Make sure that they're training it in your business, in your schools, in appropriate ways. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent piece of advice. I've talked to a number of self-defense experts, some that even you know train law enforcement and military and i've said this before on on the show you know the number one tip that i always get is choose safety um which goes perfectly along with the mm-hmm. run hide fight because if the mass shooting is starting all the way on the other side of the building you you have the opportunity to run you know if you run and will be you know in full sight then you know you probably need to hide but in that and that's your choose safety but at other times when 
when that person is three feet away from you and you can't run or hide, the true safety is you've got to fight for your life. So that's an unfortunate situation or a reality that we have to live in in our world today. Um, as we wrap up yeah. here, um, for all the folks out there, you know, that want to listen to your great podcast, number one, obviously stop the killing, um, clueless, the long con, which we didn't talk much about, but I had the opportunity to listen to every single episode. And that's very, very rare for me. Listen to every episode. If you're a fan of American greed, um, that is a great type of podcast. And, uh, there's an article on podcast magazine on that. Um, also conning the con and we didn't even talk about guilty green for all of our law enforcement spouses out there especially those moms and wives that you know are are want to be a, a little bit more sustainable and green in their house guilty greeny is is uh, is a much more laid back podcast than stop the killing and a lot of it fun is. i also covered that so for those folks that want to listen to a sarah ferris podcast out there how best can they find them well, they are available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And You've done this I before. Guess if you, I, I have done yeah, Not my first rodeo. But <laughs> if you do um, want to find a place where you can find all of the different podcasts that I'm working on, you can go to my Instagram, which is at Community. C-O-N. See what I did there? Community Podcast. Oh. Perfect. Sarah, it is always a pleasure to talk to you, whether it's on Podcast Magazine, we're talking about Guilty Greedy, we're talking about something heavy like Stop the Killing. You are always a joy to have a conversation with. Thank you for being Aww. on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. If you've 
enjoyed Stop the Killing, check out more podcasts from Community Podcast Productions, like this one. Something is Twenty-four hours ago, I found out the person that I've been dating for the last six months is a con man. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series. And that's when murder, mm. all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland News producer, and I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mahalovic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an evergreen podcast killer podcasts and slow burn media production subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows